My name is Inez Velasquez. I'm proud of one of the co-lead pastors here at the church. We hope for I'm not thank you for welcoming to this place. I've been gone for just one Sunday because we've been on vacation uh, in Arkansas visiting our family. And since we are from me, I'd just like to tell you where I've been. If you haven't seen me, that's where I've been. We went to see both sides of our family um, last week. And for those of you who were here last year, we were just celebrating a year of my father-in-law's passing. Feels like such a long time ago, and also just feels like yesterday. And that's for me. I just like to update you. That's what we're doing um, because we're sharing each other's stories, we're sharing in each other's lives, and so that's what our life has been. It was a good and restful time with our family. A good time remembering, a good time eating and eating and eating, <laughs> eating a lot. But it was good to be away and not love the men. And as Elizabeth was inviting us to uh, to sing again, and Mondo to sing again, we are ready. I was ready for the word. I don't know if you're ready, but I was ready for the word that God continues to deposit in us. And so I thank God, Jesus, in this moment, I thank you. And we are ready. In this moment of a communal and sweet declaration, we say back to you that we are ready because the unfolding of your word gives us. The unfolding of when we open up your stories gives us life. The unfolding of this little, tiny little paper that seems at random and may not make sense or may even feel distant, there may be life. And we pay attention and we linger in and we lean in because we're looking for life, God. And that life can only come from you. I look everywhere else, Jesus. And I haven't found life. But Jesus, you are the life, and you are the truth. And you are the light. And the unfolding of your word is life. That word is just resonating and bouncing around in my body and in my spirit today. So, Holy Spirit, open up our eyes. Help us, help our senses just become awake our eyes, our fingers, as we touch that tiny piece of paper, our breath, what we see, what we hear, what we taste even, that we may be attuned even to ourselves, all the way to the bone marrow of our souls, that we be attuned to that which is life. Just like root systems and plants and roots that go look for the water, Jesus. We turn our faces towards you because in you is life. God, that icon that was up there had pieces of your story. Hannah looked for life in nowhere else but you, God, And in the beginning was the word, and if you read the word in Spanish, you know that it says, in the beginning was the verb, and the verb was with God, and the verb was God. In the principio, el verbo, y el verbo era con Dios, y el verbo era Dios. Oh, Jesus, I thank you that you're not a dead word, but a living word. And so today, move and breathe and have your being in us, Jesus. Amen and amen. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Open your Bibles, your Bible apps, 
just listen to the words read from up there. I think there may be words. I'm not sure. Maybe they're not. Second Corinthians 3, 1 through 6. The Apostle Paul says this to the Corinthian church and to us. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Surely we do not need a subdued letters of recommendation to you or from you, do we? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ, prepared by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God, not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of letter, but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we are in the middle of a sermon series on the story of the Spirit. And I would like today for us to jump into the story of the Spirit in the life of Paul, specifically in the book of 2 Corinthians, into this conversation that is happening between Paul and the Corinthian church. And I'd like to tell you, I'd like to nerd out for just a little bit, but it'll, it'll make sense in a minute as to why I love this book so much. So 2 Corinthians is really the fourth letter that Paul writes to the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, he says, In the letter that I wrote before this one, so there's a letter before 1 Corinthians, and then 2 Corinthians, and then between 1 and 2 Corinthians, there's actually another letter that he writes, and he sends in the hands of Titus to those people. And then this is the fourth one that he sends to them. Why is it important? Because it's important for us to know the genre of what we're reading when we read the stories in the Bible. We are reading, we are reading Dead People's Mail. <laughs> yes, Dead People's Mail. It's like if somebody decided to look at one of my text threads, like group threads, like 10 years from now, saying, now why would you say that to Nicole or to Belle or to whoever? Well, there's a story in a context. We're reading a conversation that Paul is having with the Corinthian church. They have had a conversation with him back and forth for a very long time, and I think that is important because he isn't just saying words just to say words. He is saying words in conversation with real people, in real places, with real plot problems in real time. And so he is writing to people that he's had a conversation with. This second letter is really a fourth letter. And there's been a lot of back and forth that's happening between him and the Corinthians church. They aren't just letters. They're communal conversations. And it isn't just Paul. And it isn't just a church. We know Paul as someone that traveled everywhere, planting churches, encouraging people in those churches, returning back to those churches. But this specific church, this specific church gave him some trouble. This specific church, there were opponents in Corinth that are questioning 
because he wasn't an eyewitness of Jesus. That's important to know when we read this letter. There were opponents of Paul that were questioning his authority. Like, who do you think you are to be speaking of this? This Christ that you never saw really in person. And, and the second thing that's really important about this letter is that they are saying that if you belong to Christ, why are you suffering so much? Why is your life not a triumphant Why are you being beaten and stoned and shipwrecked over and over? Like they're saying, if God was with you, if you had authority, if you were in Christ and of Christ, you wouldn't be having all these problems. You wouldn't be so lamenting. Always suffering about something, Paul. Right? And so they're questioning his suffering because it's not the kind of triumph expected of a true apostle. So if any suffering is in your life, take heart. Take heart that Christ is still with you. But it doesn't mean that you haven't prayed enough or haven't had enough faith, right? Things that we say in Christianity, like we just have to have enough faith. Or just pray some more, just fast some more. That the true mark of an apostle here is actually sometimes through our suffering, that Christ is with us through the suffering. So this letter is very important because there's people and opponents in Corinth that are questioning his reliability, his apostleship, his testimony, his authority, and saying, if you really are an apostle, why aren't you triumphant? Why isn't your followership a mega followership? Why aren't you stronger, shinier? Why so lamenting? This is important in the letter because then he's writing to a people that have questioned him, and yet he loves them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, I am confident about all of you, even though they're questioning him, okay? That my joy would be the joy of all of you. For I wrote to you, see in the previous letter, in the third one, I wrote to you out of much distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Paul has an uncommon love for God and an uncommon love for God's people. And this letter has traveled across miles and hands and heart to let them know that he loves them. And to let them know these real people in real places with very specific real problems, he wants to stay in conversation even though they question him. They're deconstructing. He's deconstructing. They're deconstructing in a messy way together to encourage. There is tension in this relationship. There's tension in this conversation. There's questions, critique, and doubt, and even rebellion and accusations. And then we get to chapter 3, verse 6. And he still says to them, but you are a letter. You are our letter, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ. So the first thing that I want you to know and see here is that you are a letter. You, you who are sitting here right now in this, the day of our Lord, 16 July 
and not just any letter. You are a living letter. You are alive. And if you don't feel alive, take heart. Take heart even then if you have suffered, take heart. If you question, take heart. If you accuse, take heart. If you doubt, take heart. Living letters, not dead stones. See, here he says, prepared by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So your heart is not made of stone. Something may have made it feel like stone. Someone may have made it put guards up so that nobody gets close. Someone may have done that to you, but your heart is not made of stone because you bear the heart of the living God. And he, she is alive in Christ. You are a living letter. You're not a dead stone. And if you don't feel alive, take heart. Take heart. The second thing that I want you to know is that you are a letter of Christ. You are a letter that Christ has been writing. Like Nando was meeting us earlier. You heard that one line that said, God and Christ, they have been writing your story for a very long time. From the fullness of <coughs> Since you were in your mother's room, here was the spirit writing that letter. Writing it not with invisible ink, writing it not with even like human ink, but writing a letter, co-creating your life. You are a letter, a living letter, and you are a letter of Christ. You are a letter that's being And you are a letter worth knowing, worth reading, worth being with. You are a letter of Christ. So the second thing that I want you to sit with. And as we looked at those words, and as we looked at that icon, and as we received those words, that word, that one word that you unfolded, I wonder what is the letter that Christ is writing to you about your life right now. I wonder what those words are that you write about yourself right now. I wonder if you are a writer, and you have a journal, if you have opened to the last time that you wrote something, what it is that you wrote, how long has it been since you wrote something down. Those things that are right there that nobody knows heart of flesh, not of stone. I want you to think about how to experience the words of Christ through that one word that Mandel and Selena gifted us. That it would have a pulse and an invitation and a curiosity to lean in. The third thing that I love here is the fact that the Spirit of the Living God is writing that letter not with ink. The Spirit is the ink. Isn't that beautiful that the Spirit is writing that letter? And when I think about the Spirit being the ink, I think that it's active, that it's moving and that is undone. Like, it's being written right now. And right now, she sat down, and she came in with heavy heart, and she was in the sanctuary, and she didn't want to talk to nobody, really, but she was here. And I don't even know why I'm here in church today. I don't even know why I'm still coming. The Spirit is co-writing that letter with you. Alongside with you, with your agency, with your permission, you're co-writing together. 
What has the Spirit been writing on your heart lately? What words rose up in your spirit when you took that word? That wonder was something you gifted us and the power of the Spirit. What little nerve endings did it touch? The Spirit is a storyteller and the Spirit is a story maker and we travel in the exchange of how we talk about each other. You are a little Christ. Pay attention. You all have been listening to me talk about my caterpillars in my yard and how um, I've been enjoying following and learning the story of how caterpillars go from larva to chunky caterpillars and they eat the milkweed and then they grow and then they find a cute little spot and then they hang and turn into a cocoon and then I have to wait two weeks, two weeks, two whole weeks to see those little butterfly wings open up. Sometimes they have died, sometimes they come out and then flown away. And someone a few days ago asked me, now how did you notice that you have caterpillars in your yard? I said, pay attention. And how did you notice that you have Central American Your life, I want to add your life, okay? Your life, your testimony, 
Your life, he says, no matter how adventurous, no matter how dull, no matter how tragic, no matter how painful, includes narratives and lessons worth passing on. You've had experiences that no one else ever has or ever will have. You should tell those stories. You should tell those stories and pass on your embodied wisdom and experience because the world needs it. He continues on to say, it may take time for those experiences to mature into something safe or telling, especially if those stories include harm or trauma or pain. He says, uh, he's talking about a time um, recently that he lost his brother in a car crash. And he, he's talking about the, the work of grief and how grief uh, really affected his life. I and mean, he was exploding in anger left and right. And so I don't know the, the whole story, but that was it. And he says, what may have been healthier was to take what I was learning in the times of grief and let it mature within me before converting it into something for someone else to hear. If you're cocooning right now, if you're maturing right now, that's okay. If you're in that chrysalis and just hanging, if you look at a chrysalis, you're hanging by a thin thread. My son wanted to flip that chrysalis. Remember that? Y'all, I told y'all that one of the caterpillars like cocooned on, on the handle of a soccer bat, and he was not interested. <laughs> and he was another bat, we have told him that, but he wanted to use that. And I said, he will not do that chrysalis. This is a dangerous species. It is so thin, it's so fragile. You may feel like if someone just does a little bit of this, or barely reason to it, I'm not fall apart. If you're in a cocoon, I just want to tell you that you're going to be okay. Because you are led. You are led of Christ. The Spirit is linked to the work of transformation in that cocoon, and your story is worth telling. It could be that we have to let some of those things mature within us before converting them into something for someone else to hear. But I just love those words that he says, that those meaningful stories and lessons in our life are worth passing on, just like the letter that Paul gave us. With all the mess of relationship that he has with that church, with those people, he still tells them that he loves them and says, I love you with an undying love, even though you have abused me. There are lessons in your life that are worth telling. As Pastor Perry was encouraging us, there are poems in your life that are worth writing. There is trauma in your life that is worth healing and taking time with professionals to heal it. You have a life worth living because it is your story with the Spirit. And the Spirit is the anchor co-writing that story. What kind of story are you writing with the Spirit? What is what has the spirit written on your heart? Not a stone, but the tablet of your heart. Also, what's keeping you from listening to the spirit? I'm telling you that the, the past month I've enjoyed so much just going outside with a cup of coffee. It's literally like sitting down on the floor and looking for those caterpillars. Just sometimes they hide from under, under the, the leaves, and that slowing down allows me to listen to see what rises up in my body. What words rise up? You are a living letter that has been traveling for a very long time. And the Holy Spirit is not done with you yet. 
the last thing I want to say is those last few verses there, verses 4 through 6, that talk about the confidence that we have in Christ towards God. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we're confident in ourselves to claim anything that's coming from us, but our confidence is from God. My friends, in this letter of your life, be confident that God is competent. There's nothing that you have to come up with, no perfect plan that you have to come up with to allow us to do the work. Sometimes you just have to cocoon. Sometimes you have to just go grow and eat when there's good food for you. Central American milkweed. Milkweed. <laughs> <laughs> Be confident that God is competent to finish the work that God started in you. And that you can't ruin it. No matter how far you go or where you think you go. In that moment that you think you have departed, that's when you're closest to God the most. In that moment you realize, I think I departed. That's when you're closest to Christ. Be confident that God is confident in writing the letter of your life, that God has never left you and he will never forsake you. You are competent in Christ and you're co-creating with Christ. My caterpillars know that. Who tells the caterpillars to cocoon? Creator God. Now I'll tell you that there's many things that will make you not confident in the story, in the letter of there's three for me. I don't know what they are for you. Comparison kills my confidence. Yeah. God is doing the work in me. Sometimes that's why I have to like not even look at his spirit. What is it? I'm sorry. I do that all the time. I'm so sorry. It's going to be for the latest. Comparison kills community. Comparison of your healing. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to where I should be. I should know that comparison, oh my gosh, I wish I had those words and I could write that well and I could say those things. Comparison kills community and will kill your confidence and your confidence in Christ. But God is confident, not you. Yeah. And God will provide that for you. Perfectionism, second deadly symphony that will kill my confidence in Christ. Perfectionism, that everything has to be done perfectly and on time. I think people tired. <laughs> Perfectionism is unrealistic and quite honestly exhausting. Yeah. Perfectionism will kill your confidence in Christ. And those words and those letters are like moving inside of you, chunking like a weed. Not like the weed. I mean, weeds. That they don't belong there. So I pray that you will find people 
But as you're writing this letter of your life, that you're writing, they're writing something back, that you're texting them something, they're texting something back, and they put a little deposit of truth in you, just in case perfectionism uh, seeps in, just in case comparison seeps in, just in case isolation seeps in, places that I will judge at home. That's not true. This is life. Now over here is not true. This is life. You are a letter. You are a letter of Christ. The Spirit is in ink, and she is writing your story with you. And these are great screenwriters of your story. No, the Spirit is that story. It's writing that story. And find your people that you can write that letter with, a letter that gives life. And we are all in different places on our story. But what I love is that the Spirit is active and moving, and it's okay to be Undone. It is okay to be undone. Because Jesus is the way to the truth, like Pastor Philip told us a couple of weeks ago, and the way to the life. So find those people that are on that path and that will encourage you as the Spirit is creating that letter of your life. Words matter. Words that have been said to us matter. Know the difference between life words and death words. Know the difference between those words that were given to us when we were children that were death words and just killed our identity, our sense of belonging and safety. Find the places where you find life words. Where there's a lot of Central American milkweed that is just feeding the community a healthy ecosystem, a good soil. We like the soil. Think that the soil is as soft here in my heart. I think it would come out. Because the unfolding of God's word gives life. The unfolding of God's hope gives life. The unfolding of joy brings a mariachi in this church again. It will happen in Jesus' name this year. It gives <laughs> So find those places where there are letters that give you signs of life. I mean, that you are a letter. You are a letter of Christ. The Spirit is the image. She's writing your story with you. And our hearts are the tablets for that ink. And it's a letter that gives life. I'd like to invite Mondo to come back up here to continue inviting us to touch those words and touch those letters that give life.